What is going on? Happy Thursday. It's the Pete Callender Show here on News Talk 1110 wbt I'm Pete. Welcome to the show. 704-570-1110. That's the phone number. I have another one. Hang on. 1-800-WBT-1110. And you can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com or hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender. Uh, and that is Callender with a K. And uh, remember, get the podcast free. Comes right to your smartphone or tablet every single day. Three times, actually. Three different podcasts, one for each hour. As soon as we uh, wrap up each hour, Bernie, the producer here, he works tirelessly to post it up, and then it goes out to the smartphones and tablets on whatever platform you prefer. So uh, we are going to get into, well, i got a couple of topics, a lot of topics, actually. I never get to all the topics I prep. I'm an over-prepper in many areas of life. But in this case, for the show, I have a lot of stuff to get to, but uh, I do want to spend a good bit of time here on the uh, Parents' Bill of Rights. This has been, I, I've been following it. I've been tracking it. I've been, when I wake up, I, I pull up the North Carolina legislative website. Uh, I, I listen to the hearings, the committee room meetings. I, I listen to the debates on the full floor. Uh, I also, I was watching the city council. I'm not even going to be able to get to all of that audio. So um, there's a lot of stuff moving very quickly through the North Carolina General Assembly. For example, they're getting ready to do a vote on, medicinal marijuana today so uh it, it, that's not for final approval yet it's over on the senate side right now they're also going to do a final vote on the medicaid expansion today um in the senate i think it's probably going to die in the house we shall see but um but i've been tracking both of those issues as well as the parents bill of rights which was introduced a couple of days ago and the coverage of this and the uh, the criticism from the you know Democrats and the, and the media, but I repeat myself, as well as the activist organizations. I guess I also repeat myself there. Um, the 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 criticism, the opposition, the talking points, incredibly dishonest, incredibly dishonest. We're going to go over what the bill actually does, what the bill does not do. It will probably still get a veto from the governor. He's already made some silly remarks about it. Dishonest gaslighting. And it gets to the point where I kind of have to wonder, why are you seeking, if you are an educator, why are you so hell-bent on seeking validation about who you're sleeping with from kindergartners? Why is that so important to you? Why is it so necessary to be able to have the freedom to build into a curriculum LGBTQIA to whatever, I don't know how many letters are in the acronym anymore, but the, that, why is it so important to build that into curriculum for pre-K, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade? Why is that so, and I'm throwing in pre-K because you probably heard this story came out of Wake County with about the flashcards that a pre-K teacher used in order to teach colors. Colors. Not like racial colors, just colors. And these were explicitly LGBTQIA whatever plus two again. I think I'm just going to, can I just say LGBT, LGBTQ? 
I don't want to be accused of any kind of phobia of any kind. You know, words or violence and all that. I've got a piece about that, too. So let's start at the beginning where the bill got uh, got introduced. The Republican, here's the AP story from the other day. Republican legislation that supporters argue would give North Carolina parents more say over their children's public schooling and health, but critics say would intimidate and harm LGBTQ youth. This went to the Senate floor. The Parents' Bill of Rights legislation includes a provision that would prevent instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in public school curriculum for K through 3. I threw in earlier the pre-K because that was the flashcard story from the other day. So I wonder, should we amend the bill, throw pre-K in there? Because if we don't explicitly say these things, apparently people are like, well, they didn't say pre-K, so I guess I'm allowed to teach this stuff. Again, the key here is curriculum. And as I went over a couple of weeks ago, um, public education, government-run schools, is inherently designed to convey values to the children. That's the point. That's the point. And by the way, the left used to make this very argument when they opposed prayer in school, right? They say you shouldn't be using those religious values. They recognized that the conveyance of values is inherent in K-12 government-run schools. That's why they want to include this stuff in the curriculum in the first place. So we are having a debate here about what values we are intent on conveying to children. That's the point. So when Governor Cooper signals his opposition, calling the bill a, quote, Republican political ploy and warning legislators to, quote, Keep the don't say gay culture wars out of North Carolina classrooms. Dude, Governor, they're already there. The culture war is already here. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but you guys are waging it. Y'all are y'all are the aggressors in the culture war. You are the ones that are putting this stuff into the schools, prompting the reactions from parents who then go and do what is commonly seen in democracy, and I do know you guys are all about preserving the democracy, right? They go, these parents go to their lawmakers and say, can you believe this is happening in the government schools? Hey, you're in charge of the government schools because in North Carolina, the state is. I mean, yes, there are uh, local education uh, uh, districts. There's the, the, the local bodies, but all the policy, all of the laws governing K-12 education, that's all state stuff. So, yes, the state General Assembly, like they are the, the seminal authority here. So, yes, they go to their representatives and they say, this is what democracy looks like. And they say, pass a law. We don't like what's going on here. You need to make sure this isn't happening. And the lawmakers, well, the Republicans and one Democrat uh, in the General Assembly, in the Senate, at least, they said, yes, we agree. We're not insane. So we agree. And uh, they ran the bill. But Democrats are opposed to this bill. And so my takeaway here is that they really, really, really want kindergartners to be taught LGBTQ issues in kindergarten. And this is why I keep coming back to this question. 
why are you so hell-bent on having kindergartners validate your sexual activities? Right? Why? What's the point of that? I don't ask kids to validate mine. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So the North Carolina Senate has now passed through the uh, the full chamber Medicaid expansion, along with a bunch of other reforms. We talked about that yesterday. Um, and uh, that goes to the House now, as will the measure that would, uh, that would decriminalize medicinal marijuana. And uh, I covered this over the summer, I want to say. I think it was last summer. Uh, it may have been... Yeah, I guess it was last summer. And, um, yeah, because it was before I got, I think it was before I got back here to WBT. It was on the, the podcast. And so I went in depth on that. So it, it's a very, it is not like other states where it's sort of, uh, it's just a, a cover for recreational pot to become legal. That's not the, the system that they've set up or intend to set up. It's very in-depth. But those two measures just cleared the Senate. They're now headed to the House. Uh, All right. So the Senate also passed the Parents' Bill of Rights legislation, House Bill 755. The Senate passed it. This is – they use a process. There's this uh, mechanism in the General Assembly that uh, some of the the more polite people, I guess, they call it gut and amend. I like to call it gut and stuff. Gut and stuff. So you take a bill that has already made its way through the legislative process but has gotten, you know, bogged down or killed, sent to a committee to die. And so uh, you take that legislation that's already because there's a filing deadline that you have to submit a bill before a certain date. So this way everybody gets to mark it up and they get to debate it. And then then there's a crossover deadline where bills in the House, bills in the Senate – cross over to the other chambers. And if you don't get that deadline, then the bill dies too. So what they'll do is they'll come back into session like they have uh, last week. And this this is the short session. So they come in and they say, all right, well, here's a bill that crossed over, but we don't intend to do anything with this bill. So we're going to gut it. (laughs) We're just going to rip everything out of it. And then we're going to stuff it with something else. And that's how you end up with this house bill number 755 but it's actually originating out of the Senate. Does that make sense? The the text of it. And the bill is technically called an act to enumerate the rights of parents to direct the upbringing, education, healthcare, and mental health of their minor children. So at the press conference that was held the other day, announcing this Senate president pro tem Phil Berger, uh, he started off uh, sort of with a, a general background of why they are running this bill. Prior to the pandemic, We all took for granted the rights we thought parents had when it came to their child's education. When schools were shut down during the pandemic, parents were able to get an up-close look at what their children were being taught. It opened their eyes in a lot of ways. Parents want to be more involved in their child's education. This proposal strengthens the relationship between schools and parents. The bill is about increasing transparency and trust in our public schools. The more open communication school personnel have with parents about 
a child's education and well-being, the better. Right. Republicans, aside from you know, sometimes the right politics is the, also the right thing to do, right? Every now and again, these things align. And this is one of those things. They're putting Democrats in a box. Politically, in an election season, Democrats are now arguing against parents having the right to know if their child is having mental health problems at school. That is quite an argument to to make in an election season with the kind of backlash that we have been seeing against government schools, against uh, critical race theory and gender theory, queer theory, whatever. Like you're seeing all of this pushback and Democrats just keep aligning themselves as sort of the anti-parent party. So the the Republicans are going to take full advantage of this, as they should. And were the shoe on the other foot, uh, I'm sure the Democrats would be as well, right? For a long time, they were sort of the, the education party. They've lost a lot of that halo effect. I've got some of that in this stack of stuff here. It's all going to weave together seamlessly. Like critical race theory in a curriculum. Um, here is the piece by Will Duran at the McClatchy Papers. Following the lead of other Republican-led states, North Carolina lawmakers proposed a bill that would ban teaching about gender or sexuality in early elementary school grades and could force school employees to out LGBTQ students to their parents. Critics in other states have called similar bills don't say gay rules. By the way, you notice what that doesn't get is one of those little caveats, the without evidence that they always throw in whenever there's a a mention of, uh, you know, like fair elections or election results being rigged and all that. They always, you know, throw in the without evidence. But we don't get that kind of that kind of alert in this sentence that critics in other states have called similar bills without evidence. Don't say gay bills because that's not what this bill does. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110, talking about the Parents' Bill of Rights that was passed out of the North Carolina Senate. Uh, It was introduced and run, shepherded, if you will, by State Senator Dina Ballard from Watauga County, who says greater participation by parents leads to a better quality of life for their kids. When parents are excluded from critical decisions affecting their child's health and well-being at school, it really sends a message that parent to children that parents' input and authority is really no longer important. So today I'm here to wrap my arms around our parents and our families and really do everything I can to continue to strengthen and enhance their involvement and engagement in their local school community. So at the heart of this bill is this very role of parent parental involvement. The bill affirms a parent's rights to be involved in their child's education from participating in a parent's group to being informed about how to help their child succeed academically and what services are available for their children. The bill provides additional transparency for parents who want to be involved in their child's school or learn, learn more about what is being taught in the classroom. It provides a pathway for parents to request materials related to in-class instruction so they can learn about what is being taught in their child's classroom. 
It instructs public schools to adopt policies that promote parental involvement and empowerment, including policies that allow for reviewing instructional materials, such as a parent guide to student achievement, which is referenced in the bill. This bill also solidifies a parent's right to know about the mental or physical well-being of the children. If a child is having mental or physical struggles, parents need to be notified. So these health decisions should not necessarily be just at the purview of the teachers or the school staff, but this bill will allow new not notification standards, including informing parents of the health care services offered at their child's school at the beginning of each school year. Parents will be in a better position to decide what steps need to be taken when dealing with physical or mental health issues involving their child. This also sets standards for age-appropriate instruction for our youngest students. This bill prohibits gender identity and sexual orientation teaching, um, has no place in the K-3 curriculum, so in the K-3 classroom. Homophobia! How dare you not let me talk to your child about who I'm stooping? How dare you? I need to be able to tell your four, five, six-year-old child all about my sexual preferences. And if you disagree with that, then you obviously are afraid of my sexual preferences. This is the, this is the level of argument that they're actually making. Now, I understand that... Um, I understand that when you get into the older grades that these things are going to obviously become more to the surface, right? These issues are going to come up way more. But in the early grades, I don't know, call me old-fashioned, even though I'm not even old. But I just don't think you should be talking to your kids in the classroom, and let's be clear, they're not your kids, right? To these students, to your students, you should not be talking to them about anything in your personal life. Anything. Seriously. I don't, I don't, and, and people, oh, but Pete, you talk about stuff in your personal life. I do, but I, there's a lot of stuff I do not talk about on the air. And I'm, I've lived that way and, and engaged this way now my entire career. It's not relevant. Now, of course, I was accused of being a bit of a news Nazi back in the days when I was a reporter. I mean, in a good way. I mean, not that being accused of Nazism is ever good. But, no, I, I was a just-the-facts kind of a person. Like, when I, was, when I was a reporter here at WBT for almost a decade, uh, I was going out and I was just getting the facts. Here's, you know, he said this, she said that, here's the bill. You know, just, just the facts. If I had a teacher... And by the way, I did have teachers that I suspect now, as I'm older, I suspect may very well have been LGBT at the time. It never crossed my mind, though. I, it never crossed my mind if any of the teachers were married. And if anybody in the classroom had said, hey, Mrs. Schlurf. Well, I guess we knew then that she was married because this is Mrs. But I had another teacher, Ms. Roman. She was my favorite teacher. She was moving up. In fact, I had her in fourth grade. And then because our class uh, was a larger class going up through the elementary school. So when we went to fifth grade, she moved up because they needed another fifth grade teacher. And in fact, when we went to sixth grade, she moved up as well. So she, I had her in fourth grade. I then had her in fifth grade. And I wanted her again in the sixth grade, but they said, no, you, you really need to have a different teacher now. Because 
She was fantastic. Her name, but we, her name was Ms. Roman. Ms. Roman. So I assume she wasn't married. I never asked her if she was married, and if I did ask her, you know what the you know what the appropriate response should have been. That's none of your business. Do your multiplication tables. <laughs> Do current events. She actually was the reason, like doing, re- making us read the newspaper, doing current events. This is how I sort of got into all of this racket to begin with. That's the kind of profound impact great teachers have on students. So I, I recognize this. I've talked about great teachers in my life. She was, she was one of them. I had bad teachers, too. I had very bad teachers, and I would not want to pay the bad one the same amount as I pay Ms. Roman. I know that's a separate argument, but the correct response is, kid, it's none of your business. You're here to learn math. You're here to learn reading, right? You're not here to learn about me. I'm just the shepherd. I'm just bringing you through. That's all. I'm just saying, here's the material. Here's what we're doing. You don't need to know who I am sleeping with. It is completely irrelevant. It's inappropriate. What is the... You are the adult here. I, I, it's one of, these, one of these arguments like, am I taking the crazy pills or has the whole society taken the crazy pills? What? what? Oh. Here's State Senator Mike Lee. Not Utah Senator Mike Lee, but North Carolina State Senator Mike Lee. As a parent, I think a lot of the things you see in this bill, uh, we as parents thought we already had uh, in the way of rights. And so what I think the bill does is it enumerates a lot of those things that we as parents already thought we had the right to, in particular notifications and information. And hopefully this will make it not just um, uh, obvious for everyone now that it's in the bill, but it also will be a little bit more uniform among all public school units across our state. You're going to hear in a little bit State Senator Ralph Heiss, who makes the point, the correct and the absolutely appropriate point he never thought that we would actually have to state these things in legislation but this is how far off the rails our society has become that you have to tell people do not talk about who you're sleeping with with the kids who are pre-k kindergarten, first, second, and third grade, and the government is requiring the parents to send them to you, you should not use that compulsory education as a venue to proselytize about your sexual preferences. It's amazing that this that we are even at a point where we have to say that. There was a, there was a uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg school board member a long time ago named Trent Merchant. And I remember when they were debating, the it was like an anti-bullying uh, rules for the school, and it was a non-discrimination thing. And, they, and he made a point when they wanted to include gay and lesbian in the language, and Trent Merchant, a Republican, said, like, we're putting this in there because when we say no bullying of all kids, we mean all kids, and yes, even these kids, we mean them all. I understood that point. And so that's what this is. This is this is what we mean. So when we say don't do this, this is exactly what we're talking about. When we say don't talk about your sex life, we mean do not talk about your sex life to K through three kids.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. All right, so the rollout of the Parents' Bill of Rights at the uh, North Carolina General Assembly the other day. Uh, you heard sort of the outline of what was in the bill and what was not in the bill. Here is uh, now, this is the reporter, or sorry, the, uh, the bureau chief for WRAL, Laura Leslie, with the first question. I noticed that you have a requirement in there for the schools to notify parents before, uh, for example, if a child is going to change their gender, their pronouns, or if, is it also the case if they're going to be going to counseling at school, do they have to notify the parent about that as well? In terms of social and emotional type counseling? Or, yeah, I'm sorry, okay. yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's where, that, if, this is what this is. If it doesn't, it should. I mean, that, parents have a right to know what's happening in the schools in connection with their children in terms of uh, instruction, in terms of health issues, in terms of mental health issues, uh, and uh, the bill is designed to uh, be um, uh, an, an overarching uh, outline of, uh, of a process that parents can go through to request information about what's happening with, uh, with their children in school. Do you have concern, though, that kids who are not ready to talk to their parents about those changes will find themselves cut off from help at school as well? Kindergartners, first oh, graders, no. second graders. Up, we're talking about high school here, aren't we? This applies to the all K-12, right? Well, sure, but parents have a right to know those things. You're talking about minor children and their parents. Right. You're talking about minors and their parents. Parents, there is this, there is an assumption here built in that the parents don't care about the kid. It comes through in all of these arguments that I hear as if the parent is at war with their child. And I understand, you know, some parents are terrible parents. Hashtag not all parents. But some parents are very good parents. And would very much like to know if their child is having emotional or, or academic or mental problems. Absolutely. Your kid starts going to counseling. Don't you think you as a parent have a right to know that? Why is that controversial? Well, because the parent may then abuse the child. You realize that teachers are mandatory reporters, right? People in the school system, if they are aware that abuse is occurring, they have to report that stuff. So who are we talking about? These excuses, these, quote, arguments that I, I hear, they're not persuasive, not at least to me. They're not persuasive. Another quote, oh, by the way, they, they kept getting questions, too, about, isn't this just like Florida's law? And they keep saying, no, it's not like Florida's law. But, but don't you think it's like Florida's law? No, it's not like Florida's law. But what about this idea that it's like Florida's law? Is this different from what Florida has, and what are you going to say to people who are concerned that you're squelching people from speaking out about LGBT issues? Okay, wait a minute. Squelching people? I don't even know what that means. It sounds gross. But squelching people from speaking out? Okay, you know what? Here, I'll answer that question. You're damn right I am. Yes, Absolutely. You should, not be ta- you should not be talking to a kindergartner about LGBT issues as part of a curriculum. They're five. What is wrong with you? Although he did frame it as, you know, some say. 
If you'll look at the language in the Florida bill and look at the language in this bill, uh, it is different, uh, and there's no attempt to squelch folks from talking about things. There is a specific prohibition on it being part of a curriculum in K through third grade uh, and in a prohibition on instruction uh, in, uh, in terms of those issues. Travis Fain from WRAL wanted to know why Democrats weren't brought in to help write the bill before it was introduced. That's the legislative process. The <laughs> bill will be in committee tomorrow. Everyone will have an opportunity to ask questions about it, to voice their concerns about it, to offer amendments to it, and to vote whether they're in favor of it or opposed to it. Uh, I I don't know that the Constitution requires that uh, consultation with every manner of individual in the state of North Carolina (laughs) must take place before a bill gets introduced. Oh, smack, smack, smack. This idea, well, why not bring some Democrats in? Uh, Why would we? (laughs) We don't. We don't need them to pass any laws, and we know they're going to vote against this, right? So why would – no, this is the legislative process. He's exactly right. You run a bill. Look, you are free to go and try to build support beforehand, sure. That's what you would like to do. But there's no requirement that you do so. Next up, Travis Fain says, is this going to limit discussion? What is meant by curriculum? I don't know what these terms mean. What if the topics just come up organically? My understanding that uh, there would be no prohibition from a teacher responding to those kinds of questions. The key thing, it would seem to me, would be that, that if, uh, if, if my child asked a question about something like that, I think I would want to know about it. And I think it uh, would be incumbent upon the school to notify a parent that those are the kinds of inquiries that uh, that a child is uh, is engaging in. Uh, so no, they would be required to notify the parent of the question under this bill. I'm not sure if it's drafted to require the notification. I think if a parent asks, the the parent uh, has a right to know that. Right. If a parent asks, "Hey, how's my kid doing? Have they been talking to you at all about wanting to be called Fido because they're identifying as a dog?" Has that come up at all? Is it Bill Maher the other weekend was on his uh, show was talking about, you know, kids go through phases. It's kind of what they do. For like all throughout human history, phases where I only eat food that's yellow, right? Well, I mean, that's more of a modern thing. A thousand years ago, they didn't get much choice.